Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Brook with Brian Slitt with agmarket.net. And post the uh, WASDE report, we have grains lower of the livestock futures are mixed. And Brian, let's talk about soybeans. First of all, a little bearish in terms of the WASDE report for both uh, Brazilian production and U.S. inning stocks being raised. Yeah, so kind of a one-two punch there, Michelle. Um, number one on Brazil, and I think that was a big part of the focus of the trade, is how much does USDA come in and reduce the Brazilian production estimate for soybeans, uh, especially after Conab reduced it this morning. Uh, and Conab dropped it to uh, a number below 150 million metric tons. And so that kind of set the stage this morning and beans were higher for a, a good portion of the morning until the USDA report came out. Uh, and USDA only dropped it by a million tons from last month, 157 to 156. So now you've got USDA uh, roughly six and a half million tons higher on Brazilian soybean production than Conab. Uh, and I think that's probably what's keeping beans afloat a little bit. Uh, but domestically, we also saw a bearish number for soybeans raising carryout from 280 million bushels to 315 million bushels. Uh, and that was notable from a, a reduction in the uh, export demand side of the balance sheet. So uh, Co the CONAB number was bullish this morning. The uh, USDA number was bearish from both the Brazilian production estimate and the domestic reduction in exports. So going forward, um, like you said, the CONAB numbers offsetting a little bit of bearishness from USDA, but we're also holding or at least bounced off some pretty major support there in the soybeans from a chart perspective, didn't we? Correct. So uh, we have made some lows earlier this week in, in March soybeans coming out of the weekend, actually at 1179 and a half. Yesterday we traded 79 and a quarter. Uh, in between those two highs, we made a push to 1205 and a half. And so when we look at where we made some highs this morning after the CONAB numbers, that was 1204 and three quarters. So we got very close to that 1205 and a half level. The market needs to get above 1205 and a half to confirm a double bottom that would then chart, turn the chart to technically friendly, uh, especially when you look into the context of where these lows are this week versus the continuous chart. Um, these are the lowest values we've seen since fall of 2021. That was at 1171 and a quarter. You've got the 200 month moving average at 1171. If you do the retracement on the continuous chart, and again, the continuous chart always shows the front month contract at any given time. But if you do the retracements on that chart from the lows in 2020, from the COVID lows, all the way to the 2022 highs that came after the invasion of Ukraine, the 62% retracement of that whole move is 1179. So that's where we went for lows this week. Uh, so I think with that major retracement level, with the uh, low from 2021, about eight cents below that, we're at some very major support. If we take that out, everyone's going to be talking about the May low on the March chart specifically was down around 1145. That would be the next objective. But if we can continue to hold 1170, especially with as bearish as the news was today, then you're going to start looking at the idea of are the funds still being rewarded for being as short as they are? Uh, so that's something we need to monitor. But if we can get over 1205 and a half, I think that would confirm at least a short term low. I got to ask, though, why is USDA slow playing these Brazil cuts so much, especially when you have these private estimates that are, you know, down in the 135 mark on the low side? 
Right. So maybe some of those 135 estimates you need to take with a grain of salt, because that's more of like a pro uh, farm type of an agency. Uh, and, and you can make the argument that they're, uh, you know, trying to come up with low estimates to support values, to, to support farm prices. Uh, I've heard that argument. Um, you could also make the opposite argument for the USDA. I'm sure that there's people on chat boards right now saying, you know, this is garbage and they're just trying to suppress food values for the uh, for the election this year. I don't know if that's the case either, uh, you know, and it could just be as simple as the USDA moves slow. Um, when you think about how they adjusted the Argentine production last year and their drought, they were just slower than all the estimates that came out of South America. They eventually worked their way down to those numbers, that, but they were consistently higher the whole way down. So is USDA just slow moving on Brazil production? Will they come down more? I'd like to think so, uh, especially when they're as much above CONAB as they are. Um, I wouldn't be surprised in the long run to see the, the total production below 150 million tons, uh, but maybe it takes uh, the USDA a couple months to get there. Yeah, no doubt. And then the increase that we saw in ending stocks from the U.S. came strictly from a decrease in exports by USDA on soybeans, right? Yeah, I mean, that was something that the trade really thought would, would be uh, part of the domestic balance sheet just because of how the exports have been the last several weeks. The, the weekly numbers this week included, um, you know, we're, we're well below the uh, expected trade range. Uh, we're selling quite a bit of corn week to week now. We've done 1.2 million tons-ish for the last uh, several weeks, so that's good to see. Uh, so the, the corn export program seems to be picking up nicely, but Soybeans have really dropped off quite a bit. And, and part of that really, and well, maybe more than part of it, uh, quite a bit of that is just simply the discount that Brazil beans have to U.S. soybeans. Let's also talk about corn. Um, when you look at the numbers that we got on South America from USDA today, let's talk about that and compare, especially to the CONAB numbers. When you look at Brazil production, USDA is still well above where CONAB is, aren't they? Again, right. Um, you know, you look at, at CONAB and they took the uh, Brazil corn down. What do I have here? 3.9 million tons. They dropped exports 3 million tons. And uh, that was down to 113.7. So again, you look at CONAB's adjustment, USDA for Brazil corn, uh, 124 uh, versus 127 last month. So uh, the, the uh, number came down um, 3 million versus 3.9 in CONAB. So it was at least closer uh, to CONAB than what they did with beans. Uh, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll take three versus four uh, compared to one versus six, right, uh, is what they did in, in, in the beans. So, um, and, and part of the narrative here too uh, of what was a little heavy this morning was wheat. Um, CONAB did increase the wheat production. Um, really, uh, part of that was the increase in yield. So their wheat production estimate went up 2 million tons, and that's what had wheat down this morning prior to the USDA release. You bet. And of course, we did score new contract lows here in the corn market. But, you know, I got to wonder, is most of the bearishness, you think, already worked into this corn market because these funds are just so short? So that was a big discussion, um, you know, at our conference, again, is the size of the, the fund short. And uh, it's one of those things, Michelle, it's hard to know. Um, you look at things in a big picture sense and you say, yeah, I mean, the funds are very short. Could they get a little bit more short? Absolutely. Um, but in the very biggest of pictures, when they have this size of a short, historically, they will cover that short. They will go long. 
they may not get long two or 300,000 contracts. Maybe it's only 100,000, but there should be a short covering event. Um, same thing with soybeans. When you, when, you know, typically they don't go short beans that much. Uh, so to carry 100,000 plus uh, contract size short position uh, is, is pretty hefty. So all we need is a catalyst for these guys to cover their shorts. Um, and especially for the time of year, it's, it's very atypical for them to be this short. A lot of times they will pound it and, and go this short after we make the summer high, right? So they're accumulating shorts into that summer high, that seasonal move, and then they really move it lower into fall. Uh, so for the size of the short position they've accumulated to be this time of year is, is uh, out of the ordinary. Um, so again, that's not something that means we need to bottom today or tomorrow or next week, but from a very big picture sense. Now, something that may keep corn on the defensive here and still uh, push lower and maybe just have a sloppy to lower trade here is still what we need to deal with domestically. And that's that we've got a lot of basis contracts that were rolled from December to March. Those have to be priced or rolled again at the end of the month. And so there's a lot of bushels that are sitting out there that likely need to be priced or dealt with again. And so here's the decision from the producers. Okay, if I had a basis contract off of December, let's say, as an example, and let's just say it was option price, it was, you know, at board price, okay? Um, now, all of a sudden, if you wait till first notice day to roll that basis contract to March, that was at a 27 cent carry. So instead of, of having a zero basis, now you've got 27 under the March. Well, now you look at the March-May spread, and let's say that's at 10, 11, 12 in that ballpark. I haven't seen what it's doing today. But um, if you roll from 27 under March now to out to May, and let's just say you do it at 10 under, uh, it'll probably get wider than that if I had to guess going into first notice day. But let's just say it's a 10. Now you're at 37 under. It's probably likely to go to, to 15, 16 if I had to guess. Uh, and then if you do it all over again from May to July and, and have another 10 cents, all of a sudden, you're 47 under the July. You're paying interest on the money that whole time. Um, so there's going to be a reckoning here, and, and maybe uh, quite a bit of bushels get priced in the short term. Uh, and, and maybe if we can get kind of that change of ownership from the producer to the commercial, we start seeing that commercial uh, on the commitment of trade go from being long to then accumulating a little bit of a short position. That might go a long way in helping the, the market bottom as well, because that is also something that we typically see near bottoms is the uh, the commercials being long on the commitment of traders report. Gotcha. A wheat market, you mentioned the Brazil wheat production number up 2 million metric tons. Other than that, was there anything else in the WASD today adding to the bearish tone that we see? Uh, so similar, uh, both corn and soybeans, or I should say both corn and wheat had their domestic stocks up 10 million bushels. Um, they were really, the trade estimates for wheat were looking for them to, to remain about unchanged. So uh, an extra 10 million bushels domestically with the uh, extra 2 million tons out of, out of Brazil added a bearish tint to the wheat market today. And then again, that 10 million bushels in corn was in that food, seed, and industrial category. So they didn't touch exports. They didn't touch ethanol. Uh, it, was, it was kind of that weird food, seed, industrial category. And that was the only change on the domestic balance sheet. Gotcha. I got to ask you one last question here about the cattle market. Um, when I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, you thought maybe the chart breakout was a, some sort of a bear trap. Do you still feel that way with the chart pattern, the way it looks? No, um, you know, we, we uh, were consolidating for a while. Um, I was thinking maybe we'd have one more push down uh, where they'd catch some of the longs, but this has been a very aggressive 
uh, trend. So we, we traveled in a little bit of a channel for a while in April cattle. Once we broke out of that channel to the upside, it's been nonstop. Um, and also to, to get a sense of what I also said about cattle was that we fell out of a, or we broke out of a descending wedge. Um, and, and when you do that, uh, that gives you an objective of the upper end of that wedge, which started the downtrend. Um, and so that in the April cattle is up in that, uh, I'm trying to think of the price off my head, but I think it's in the 188, 188.90 area. Uh, there's also a gap in that vicinity. Um, so my thought was maybe we broke out of that fall, that falling wedge, saw a good pop and we'd bounce uh, uh, back off a little bit and then make another surge higher eventually with that upside target. We just never got that pullback. All right. Well, you're a great chartist, so it's always fun to talk to you about that. Brian Split with agmarket.net. That is Market Sam.